Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. It's April 25th, 2018. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jake L. Morris. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the show tonight, Maria Manic. What's going on, Maria? Hi, how are you? Doing all right. How are you? I'm alive. Still walking. Still <laughs> all right. Yeah, so I got a bunch of stuff to ask you and talk about. Um, I guess we'll go far back. Pre-wrestling, what was your athletic background like? Um, okay, so I'm not very old. So uh, high school was not too long ago. Um, right, high school, no. I played a lot of sports, um, volleyball, track, basketball, softball. I kind of just cleared through all of them. Uh, but I never really enjoyed any of them. Like, I just thought I was supposed to play those kind of sports, but they weren't physical enough for me. And I guess mm. I started a little bit older and realized that I have a very aggressive side in me. And, you know, those sports were just not uh, releasing any of those things. Um and it wasn't until I got a little bit older that I discovered wrestling. And uh, I think from the moment I saw it, I was like, I don't want to be a fan of this. I want to do this. So um, when I turned 17, I found a wrestling school. 
I couldn't like legally sign up because I was so young, so I had to get my parents to come in and uh, sign papers and whatnot. Sure. So kind of well, from the moment I discovered wrestling, I just kind of jumped right into it, which was might have been a mistake. I wish I had kind of learned more about it before diving into it, but you know it is what it is. So when you first started watching it, like what drew you in? What was what attracted you to it? Um, I don't know. I guess because it was it's kind of the only thing out there that's entertainment and uh, a physical sport. You know, there's really mm-hmm. nothing like that. Um, because I always wanted to be an actress, but I also wanted to be a badass. You know what I mean? I wanted the two, and I didn't think it was possible. And you see wrestling, and it's uh, it's a really good combination of both. I saw uh, Beth Phoenix too, and I was like, wow, that girl is kick ass. And at the time, she was really the only bigger girl. She was the only mm-hmm. girl that was really wrestling, wrestling at that time, and I thought that was cool. But she definitely kind of reeled me into it. Yeah, I mean, was there a certain style that you were really into at the time? Because, you know, obviously there's all sorts of different, you know, styles and, and genres as far as wrestling goes. Um, I don't think I even really was able to dissect it like that at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't think I understood anything of that level. I didn't really understand the wrestling part yet. I just kind of understood yeah. it more from an entertainment aspect and TV and whatnot. But, you know, I don't think it was until I started actually training that I realized uh, – so there are different types of wrestling. So when you decided to go train, where did you go and you know how did that start out? Um, so I went to a place in Virginia called GXW. Uh, it's a really small school. It's very unknown. Virginia is definitely not a good place to be. Um, there's just not much wrestling. And it's also very different. You're talking about styles of wrestling. In Virginia, it's, it's very different. Everything is different. Um hmm it's much less wrestling and more like, you know, character and storylines, which I had no problem with, but, you know, uh, about a year later I moved to Jersey, um, to start training at CCW. Uh, this is about two years ago now. Um, Mm -hmm. and I realized wrestling up here is a lot different. It's a lot more, uh, physicality and it's a lot more, uh, real, I guess, if you want to say, uh, yeah. And I definitely liked that a lot better. When you started training, was was it what you expected? Because, as you said, you didn't really know much about what wrestling was. But, uh, you know, was it what you expected? Um, no, not at all. I I didn't know there was so much more than just like what you see. There's every there's all the backstage stuff. There's all the there's so many things you have to know, like how to just how to be respectful backstage and how to be respected by wrestling veterans. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know there was so much behind it. Um, Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you learn very quickly because if you don't, you get your shit fucked up. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, yeah, I definitely was in for awakening. Um, And I I was so young when I got into it. You know, I was like, I went from a kid to an adult while being in wrestling. So, you know, I grew up. um, But, I mean... I'm glad I started when I did because I have such an advantage at the moment being so young. Yeah. How did you come up with the name and a gimmick and how you're going to portray yourself? Um, well, I'm sure you've seen old pictures of me. Like when I started wrestling, I looked like a completely different person. Um, mm-hmm. When I started, I was, like I said, I have grown up in wrestling, so I've become who I am through wrestling. Um, when I first started, I was very 
uh, girly. I was very, I was skinnier. I was blonde. I looked completely different. Um, and, you know, like I said, when I, this is about five, six years ago, when I started watching wrestling, things were a lot different. You know, it was like the girl, you know, it was, it was the divas, the girls, I thought you had to look that way. And I thought you had to portray yourself that way to be popular. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, hopefully make it to the WWE or whatever, you know, my goals were at that time. So I kind of tried to portray myself as something I wasn't um, for a while. And uh, I did like a Barbie gimmick for a while, which I don't know where that came from. I right. thought it would be popular. I thought it's what was wanted. Um, so I kind of rocked out for a little bit. Uh, the Maria Manic name, I, I don't really even know where I came up with that. <laughs> I think I just wanted something with an M for my last name, and I was like, oh, Manic, that sounds cool. But then it ended up actually really working with my gimmick that I have now. Um, uh-huh. But, yeah, I, I kind of carried that out for a little bit, and I realized, like, this isn't me. I'm not being booked the way that I want to be booked. I'm doing a lot of manager roles. I'm being looked at as a, a sex object, which that's not what I am at all. But, you know, I can't right. blame people for thinking that because I'm putting myself out that way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what, what else are they going to think? So I kind of um, got this idea in my head. I'm like, you know, I want to completely change myself. And I got super jacked in like six months, um, dyed my hair black. And now I'm the monstrosity Marie Manic and I'm a completely different person. And, you know, I think it's cool to see how I've changed. Cause I, I realize I can't take away who I was in the past. Cause I like to think I can uh-huh. just delete it. Like, Oh, that never happened. But you know, that was me. And because, I did that. I became who I am now. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like it, you went with the um the East Coast Barbie, but I, I don't even know where the original Barbie came from. I, I is yeah. was that like a West Coast thing or? I really don't know. I. Uh, I think it just started as a Barbie gimmick. Yeah. Just in general, and then I was like, oh, we'll throw the East Coast Barbie on it. I, I don't know. I thought it would. I thought it would work. Um, so starting to train with CZW, how did that come about? Where'd you find CZW? How'd you, you know, wind up with that group? Uh, it was actually kind of random. I, um, so I was still in Virginia and I was having a couple matches, like a couple shows, but I, I was terrible. Like I didn't know how to do anything. I don't know why anyone would put me on a show. <laughs> and I mm-hmm. went to the show with uh, this girl I was wrestling a lot at the time. Uh, I actually wasn't wrestling, but I was just watching the show. And it was in New Jersey, uh, actually right near where I live now. And uh, I DJ came to me and I was like, hey, you know, you have a good look. I, uh, I never met him before. I said, you have a good look. I run CCWWSU. Like, are you looking to train anywhere? And I said, I, you know, I'm in Virginia. I don't feel like I'm excelling anymore. I don't feel like I'm getting any better and I need to start getting better because I'm at a point where I'm, you know, having matches and, uh, he was like, okay, here's my card, you know, consider it. It's Jersey. Uh, it's probably about five hours from where you are now. I know I can't just ask you to drop everything and move, but it's going to be a good opportunity. And I was like, okay. And a couple of months, I dropped everything and moved um, just because the opportunity is right in front of me. And I was like, you know, no one else is asking me to come down. You know what I mean? I'm not torn between two places. I have no reason to be in Virginia anymore. Let me just go for it and uh that was I think it was definitely the step I needed at the time I'm not saying that's where I need to be right now 
But two years ago, CDW, you know, that was the place I needed to be. That was the step I needed to take. Um, right. And it definitely, it definitely got me better because I was, you know, training with other people. Like in Virginia, there would be like four kids at training. And, you know, you can't, there's only so much you can do at that point. Uh, but I was talking to a lot of people, and I was around so much more wrestling. I was going to wrestle, even if I wasn't on a, even if I didn't have a match. I was going to shows. I was talking to people, meeting other people, you know, meeting friends in wrestling and being able to be more into the world. So I think that's definitely the uh, step I needed to take. Yeah. Now, you know, going to CZW, training with those guys, um, CZW's toned it down a lot over the years. I started going back oh, in 2001. But, um, you know, with the death matches and stuff going on, what was your first exposure to that and what they were doing, and what was your thoughts on it initially? Uh, honestly, I was never, like, super shocked by it. I mean, I'm sure that I don't I can't remember the first time I watched, like, the death match. In, uh, in person, I'm sure that was shocking, but uh, I definitely was not aware of what that was, you know, uh, before I moved down here, I wasn't, I had never seen a death match in front of me, I'd never, you know, uh, and I don't think a lot of people have that are outside of the wrestling world, um, but I realized, you know, the death match guys are like the nicest guys you ever met, they're a lot nicer than the regular wrestlers, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's scared of them, but they're all great guys. And I think when you get to know all the guys personally, you don't develop those opinions like, oh, my God, this is crazy. What are they doing? Because you know those guys are like your brothers and your friends. You know, it's, sure. I don't know. You just never really think of it like that. So when you made the decision to, you know, start really turning it up in training and, you know, transforming the way you did, um, you know, what motivated you to do that and, and pushed you? You mean like recently when I got changed yeah. my look? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think I was like, I realized, I know I don't want to do this. I'm not doing this for fun. This isn't a hobby. This isn't like, I'm not, because I guess I kind of had the impression earlier, like, oh, I'm so young, you know, I can just kind of F around for a few years and I'm not wasting any time. And I was like, well, that's not what I want to do. I want to use every single year I have to get better and better and better. So when the opportunity is there for me to take it to the next level, you know, I'm completely ready to go. And I, I was sick of waiting around. And I think also I kind of built up this fire in me from people telling me over and over again, you know, you suck at wrestling. You, you're only eye candy. And I was being told that all the time. And, I, hmm. you know, it used to not bother me because I have pretty thick skin. But then, over, you know, you hear it over and over and over again. It starts to get to you. And like I said, I wasn't being booked properly. I wasn't being uh, given chances. So I was like, you know, if people don't want to respect me, then I'm going to give them something to respect because, you know, you portray sure. yourself a certain way, of course people are going to believe it, whether it's a gimmick or not. Right. Now, um, you, you were talking about being booked right and stuff, and I've said a lot recently on the show that um, I don't feel like you were pushed right through Dojo Wars, or, or well, maybe Dojo Wars, I haven't watched much of it, but CZW, mm-hmm. um, at one point, DJ was really presenting Brittany Blake as like the next coming. I mean, mm-hmm. he was putting her over Tony Nice and all sorts of crazy things. And I was never a fan of that. But um, you seem to have, like, the right fit where CZW could have done the right thing with you. I mean, oh, just exactly. as strong as you are to be putting guys through tables and stuff like that, the fans would go nuts mm-hmm. for that type of thing. Um, yeah. Did you ever have any thoughts like that, like you were being misused there? Oh, 100%. Um, 
I will say, uh, uh, you know, Dojo Wars, they they definitely booked me correctly. I mean, fortunately, that's a very small audience. But right. uh, they they definitely had the right idea. They had me squashing guys and, you know, only wrestling guys, wrestling girls here and there, and they were just they were booking me the right way. Uh, CZW definitely never uh, booked me correctly. They, uh, I don't know if you were coming to shows at this point, but they, it was about, I guess it was a year ago, I'm sure you were, uh, they did the MJF thing with me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, as much as I hate managing, that could have turned into something because they told me, they told me originally, you know, the plan is you're going to um, manage MJF for a while. Uh, and then, you know, you're going to turn on him. Or he's going he's gonna to do something shitty. You're going to turn on him and then become this monster and start killing dudes. And, you know, whatever. Cause I, was, I was starting to get jacked at that time, too. And I was starting to change my look. And, it you know, it would have worked. And then it happened. He turned on me. I got squashed uh, in a ring with a quick little segment. And then it just kind of shut off from there. And I disappeared. And I kept coming to shows. And it was like, you know, am I... Am I doing anything today and they'd be like no we don't have anything for you yet uh and then you know if you if you make a character disappear for that long everybody forgets about him so i had that fire i could have done something right from that spot where mjf you know shit on me and i could have been a over his fuck baby face but they just kind of killed it and didn't do anything with me so you know at that point it's it's no it's no uh it's no heat with them but i'm not going to cancel my own bookings and other opportunities to come sit backstage at a show and not be used properly when I, and I'll be the first to admit, I am not technically a good wrestler. I'm not a good technical wrestler. I'm sorry to put that way. But I, especially the way I look now and the things I can do now, I can, there's a lot that can be done with me, especially in a place like that, because they have no women, no consistent women at the time. And, you know, yeah, I definitely don't think I was, uh, used correctly there, but you know, you can't expect uh, everybody to see your vision the way that you do. So I can't be sure. upset about it. But um, what's your thoughts? Because you know, you turned things up physically and and really, you know, dedicated yourself to training. What's your thoughts on the guys who go out there and really don't care about their physical appearance and just their presentation at all? I think it's a little bit disrespectful. I mean, not disrespectful to me personally, but I, here's how I put it. Like, you don't have to be super jacked. Not everyone has to be super jacked, but you need to have a look. You need to have something that makes you different, whether, you know, if you're going to be super uh, fat, make it a gimmick. Make it a funny gimmick. Make something out of it. Like, a, I don't know if you know, uh, Super Cop Justice. Mm-hmm. Yep. His gimmick is awesome. He makes it. He's he's fat. He's out of shape, but he makes it something. He makes it funny. He makes it a gimmick. Uh, I think some guys just look like shit, and it's, you know, why do you look worse than everyone that's sitting in the crowd at the show? You're supposed to be the superstar. You're supposed to be the people that, you know, people are looking up to. And I don't know. I know me personally, if I were a fan, I wouldn't be looking at the girl that looks like she's never worked out in her life and thinking, oh, that's my superhero. You know, that's uh, that's the person I want to be when I grow up. I would never think that. So, right. I mean, but, I mean, I know people are, there's people that are trying. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's honestly hard being uh, in tip-top shape and wrestling because you can't get too jacked because then you can't move. 
right. <laughs> and you can't get too lean because then you're not strong. It's it's hard. It's hard to be a certain body type that fit. I finally right now feel like I'm at a point where I can move the way I want to at my size. I there's a point where I like got really big, and I didn't even know how to like move in the ring. I was getting blown up all the time because I wasn't used to having a lot of weight on me. So it's it's not just like bodybuilders. They look good for one competition a year and they walk out on stage. We have to perform, you know, two times a week, uh, cardiovascular endurance. So it's, it's definitely tricky. Yeah. Um, so when you went into bodybuilding and you know, that type of thing, um, obviously that's a way different schedule than, as you said, having to wrestle twice a week and you know, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. Um, what was the big difference and, you know, how did you lock into that, lock into that mentality? Um, I don't know. It's very difficult because it's like, it's constant. It's not, you know, I've always worked out always my whole life. Um, you work out once a day, you set up your time. Like, you know, now I go to the gym at like 10 PM. I know that's going to happen every day, but the bodybuilding, it's like, you got to, eat this meal at this exact time and then you got to wait exactly two and a half hours to eat that next meal. And it's not just eating those meals in between every meal. You're starving. Well, at least I am. (laughs) So all you're thinking about is food and you can't just, Oh, let me just eat this one little piece of something. You can't do that. Or you're off the track because everything you're doing is being, you know, written uh, word for word of how you're supposed to do it. And uh, Mm -hmm. it definitely taught me a lot of discipline. Uh, I don't think, Personally, I don't think bodybuilding year-round is for me. I don't like being that lean because um, right. I was very miserable. It's definitely something I'm glad I did and I would like to do again, but I don't think it's something I would do regularly or want to do for a living. Because um, yeah. you, you, you tend to isolate yourself when you're on a prep like that. I, mean, I know I did. Like, You don't want to hang out with people because you're just in such a bad mood. Um, mm-hmm. and it makes you very selfish. It's, you can't really be in like a relationship or even have close friends. It's just, and you ask any successful bodybuilder, they're very lonely people typically. <laughs> um, yeah. but I will say like going on stage, I was a lot, I was a lot more confident than the other girls. I think because I have wrestling as a background, uh, sure. you know, I don't get stage fright. I don't, uh, but I definitely think that my coach told me that I overdid it on stage. I was being a little bit too dramatic, I guess, because of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah it was definitely a good experience. Or anything. Oh, no. I mean, I was walking out there like I was doing my interns, and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your favorite and least favorite thing to work in the gym? New favorite? What's your favorite and least favorite thing to work in the gym? Oh. Um, hmm. I hate working legs. I used to enjoy it like years ago, but now that I like take it to the extreme, I really hate it. Um, and I only work legs like once every two weeks, uh, mm. which is crazy. People ask me like, "Oh, you must work your legs like three times a week." Like, no, I don't do that. I would never. Um, <laughs> legs is the least favorite. Um, I don't like working arms like biceps. Uh, I love working shoulders. That's definitely my favorite. And I, I kind of like working back. Definitely, like, I think everyone has, like, their certain um, body parts that just grow faster than others. And, like, my shoulders, like, my traps grow overnight, whereas, like, my biceps take a lot longer. 
So yeah. I definitely prefer the easier ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> what do you do? You have any pet peeves in the gym? I think everyone does, but oh god, I have what's time. The, the worst. I mean, well, now uh, me and Slack work out a lot together, and he his gym is open to like one, so we're usually there at midnight, so there's like nobody there. So I don't have any pet peeves. Like it's it's people that annoy me. It's not the actual gym itself. But right. I'm trying to think, sometimes I'll go to my gym at like 5 p.m. when it's like crowded. Um, I guess the main thing is like guys look at me like, why are you in here? You know, uh-huh. I don't even care that a girl's in the gym, but the fact that I'm actually working out, I'm actually lifting, and I'm bigger than them, I think that makes them uncomfortable. Um, that's yeah. annoying, the looks I get. And then you get to look from the girls like, you know, that's not attractive, but she has big arms, but she's this or that, whatever it may be. Um, I think mm-hmm. people have not gotten over the stereotype of like, oh, either a girl's muscular or a girl's big, that's manly. Uh, but me personally, I don't think it's manly at all. I think being manly is looking like a man in the face or acting like a man. You know, I don't think muscles right. make any woman manly. Um, what else is annoying? I guess like awful form is annoying. It's not my business, but of course you're going to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like you're going to hurt yourself at some point. Um, that's yeah. annoying. I guess people like not cleaning up anything. But then again, I do that sometimes. Sometimes I'll just walk away and forget that my weights are on the bar. But I, I definitely think just the looks annoy me because it's like they want me to see that they're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I leave work at 6, and I go to the gym from there, so it's always crowded. It's, like, the worst possible time I could be going. But, oh, that's the worst. Um, you need to go, like well, – I, I say morning is bad, too. If you can, most people can't because of their jobs, but, like, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, that, was, that used to be, like, my prime time of going. There's nobody there. Yeah. Yeah, Sundays are great because it's completely empty, but besides that, it's, it's terrible. Well, sometimes I like – if I'm working out alone, I want, like, some people there because I feel like it's motivation. Like, because if there's nobody in there and I'm alone working out, I'll kind of slack off because, like, I know that nobody's waiting for my machine. Like, I feel like if it's crowded, I definitely get through my workout faster because I want to get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely one of the worst things for me is, is cologne or perfume in the gym. Like, I want those people to die. <laughs> like, I so I mean, if I, like, stink real bad, I'll spray something, but I'm not going to, like, do it like I'm going out. You know what I mean? Well, I think yeah, also sometimes. girls need to not wear. I don't think people realize there's a difference between perfume and body spray. They're spraying perfume. Like they they make body sprays for girls that are just like they're very watered down. They're not strong. I don't know why girls don't use that. They actually use like Versace perfume. It's like what are you doing? Yeah, and I actually noticed it more with the guys, and that's it's so much worse. What gym are you at? Uh, retro. See, that's a very uh, meathead gym. Yeah. There's definitely ones that are not that bad. Like, LA Fitness is not terrible. Yeah. It, 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 it's got its people. But I've noticed Retro Fitness is very uh, young and meathead and bodybuilder. It's that kind of a gym. Yeah, it gets crazy. There was a gym up the road that closed. So then we just got, like, everybody who used to go there, there. So I just... And they, their gyms are small too, though. I don't know how they fit people in there, especially at those hours. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so in GCW, they brought you into valet for Scott Hall. Um, obviously mm-hmm. Scott Hall being a big name, you know, that's I guess somewhat of an honor. But in the same token, you know, again being a valet, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? 
Um, I was not expecting to wrestle on that show, so I wasn't upset about it. Uh, I'll give Brett credit. Brett will always tell me the truth. You know what I mean? He's not going to say, oh, we're going to use you and they're not using me. Uh, I always know what's happening. He said, you know, we're not really going to have an opportunity for you to wrestle a match or anything. But, uh, and at that point, I don't think I had any interest in doing any death matches or bleeding or right. even hardcore matches, whereas now my opinion is a lot different. Um, but yeah, that was cool. Scott's always a nice thing. I've known Scott for a while. Um, I can't really remember that match. Was that like, oh, that was like a year ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I can't, so I like can't like remember that match right now. I don't think I did anything in the match, did I? No, I, I think he just had like a spot. He hit somebody with a light tube or something. Yeah, something like that. I can't even remember that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I wasn't expecting to do anything. I wasn't told, hey, okay, you're going to get an opportunity, and I don't get an opportunity. So I was not upset about that. Um, In a match... <laughs> In a match, DJ Hyde licked your face. Now, what what amount of bleach do you use to clean your face after something like that? So I've seen that meme so many times, but I'm telling you, I don't remember that happening because I've wrestled DJ like four or five times, and I can't quite remember what – I want to say that was from like two years ago at a, it was an MYWC show, I think. And I'm pretty sure he did actually lick my shoe – lick me. Uh yeah, it looked like it. Yeah, I probably took like a four-hour shower. I, yeah, I don't know if you needed therapy and you blocked it out at this point, or, I, or what exactly. I'm really good at I'm really good at blocking things out if I don't want to remember that. That's why I was like, I, I don't remember that. Like, I don't remember that happening. But then I saw the picture and it brought back like an awful flashback. You know when like you completely forget <laughs> about something and then you see it and you're like, oh my god, this happened. It actually happened. I think he like told me beforehand he was gonna lick me. And I thought he was gonna work it, but he did it at all. And you know, yeah. what are you gonna do in that moment? What was I gonna fight DJs at my my 150 pound self? You know, yeah, <laughs> just gotta deal with it. That's rough. Um, <laughs> so it, we had talked about death matches. Um, you ended up doing a death match with with Flack. Um, what was your thoughts about going into a death match, wanting to do a death match, and the whole thing. So that was actually not supposed to be a death match or anything like that. <laughs> um, okay. It was actually, yeah. So that kind of, I didn't know that was happening. Um, <laughs> I just thought, like, so you know, uh, H2O, Matching Month Company. Um, mm-hmm. They were, yep. they definitely are one company that has booked me correctly. They have booked me very, uh, uh, do the way I would want and the way to make sense. And um, I was like, squ- I was squashing guys, and I was looking really tough. The crowd was, uh, I was really getting over with the crowd, and they were like, you know, um, and I was like, we need you to wrestle someone that's actually gonna make you look uh, dominating. Like, you know, anyone can beat up these little, these little guys. No one cares, but you beat up like a name that, or you even get in the ring with a name that makes you look tough as hell. So he was like, what about Schlack? And I was like, oh. Okay, I mean, it's probably the scariest thing I've ever done, but okay, whatever. Um, and I remember Matt said, you know, uh, I said something like, I mean, Schlack's going to want to bleed. Like, I'm thinking that he's just going to bleed because he just always bleeds. And uh, Matt was like, no, no blood. No, no, we're not going to do that. We don't want to do that yet. We don't want to, because he wanted to build up to me bleeding, or I don't know what the case was. Um, 
But then me and Shock talked on the phone like a week before, and he's like, yeah, I think you're going to bleed. I think it'd be cool if you bled. And I'm like, oh. I'm thinking like a little trickle of blood down my face. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like just a little, a little something. Uh, flash or uh, fast forward a week, and I'm wearing a crimson mask. Uh, yeah, I I didn't know that I was. I had no idea I was gonna bleed that much. Um, but I'd say after I did it, like I was like, this is cool. I would definitely do this again. So I think it takes going out there and just saying fuck it and doing it. Yeah. And you might actually like it. I'm not saying I want to do that all the time. I definitely would not want to do it all the time, but I definitely enjoy it. I think it's cool. Um, it was not as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, but it, it's like the anticipation of it is scary, knowing you're about to get cut. <laughs> right. Now, I mean, it seemed like it went down well. I didn't see the match, but I saw a bunch of clips and pictures and everything. Oh, it, it definitely was like a great it, match, yeah. It, it went off well. I mean, for a girl to beat Schlack with an F5, <laughs> you know, like that's, I mean, that's a little nerve wracking to like, how, how is that going to be received? You know? Um, yeah. What yeah. was your thoughts? No, it on... actually, it, yeah, it, we were wondering like, I was like, I even said to Matt, I'm like, I'm not beating Schlack. There is it, it makes me look stupid. Like there is no way that's believable. There's just no way that's believable. And, but the way that we put the match together, it was actually very believable because he mm-hmm. beat the shit out of me the whole time, the whole time over and over and over again, just, you know, being dirty, being cheap. Um, and then finally he fucked himself over. He put me in front of a door. It was a board. I'm sorry. Put me in front of a board. He came charging in. I moved out the way. He threw himself on the board got him with a good fucking uh, chair shot. And it was a quick get him up in the F5, throw him down. So it was, I don't know. I don't know how it made sense, but it did. It worked. It was like, you know, we knew backstage like this is either going to be really good or really bad. Um, sure. It's one or the other. Uh, but I definitely don't think I would have done that with anyone but Schlack. You know, I can't think of anyone that I'm close enough with or that I would trust anything like that with. So, right. I mean, like I said, I'm really, I had no idea what, what that was going to be, but I'm glad that it happened the way that it did. Yeah, it's it's definitely a unique finish. I mean, you know, most of the times if a girl beats a guy, especially someone like Schlack, it's like, oh, it's a roll-up or it's a sneak pin. Yeah. Usually not an F5. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I can even get him up, but it was actually I got him up easier than I've gotten up, like, little girls. Yeah. It's, it's, all, about the, it's all about how the person jumps. Yeah. Um. So death matches in general, like you said, you really wouldn't like to do that with just anybody. But um, is there another spot for you to do it? Would you like to do it on a, like a bigger stage or or anything along those lines? Uh, definitely, most definitely. Um, I think it's definitely in the future. Like I said, I, I, I now I would do it with people other than Schlack. It was just at that time. Um, right. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to do it on a bigger stage. I think, uh, you know that was a good place to do it the first time, but mm-hmm. I don't want to be bleeding in front of that crowd over and over again. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the future holds, but I think it's definitely uh, well, a possibility. I mean, hypothetically, um, like how far would you go with it? Were you talking like a tournament or, or, you know, that type of thing? Um, I, yeah, I would. I, I, I don't like glass. That's the only thing. Yeah. But 
I mean, that's like kind of a big thing, and you can't really avoid that. Um, uh, I know, uh, I don't know what the exact date is, but I'm doing a, uh, it's a mixed tag deathmatch, me and Schlack versus two people. I'm not sure who it's going to be yet. So I think that's a good way to get into it, too, doing a tag match where I'm not completely in the ring the whole time, but I get the feel for how it works. Um, uh, how did it come about with you um, tagging with Penelope? Um, that so that started like uh, I'm trying to think. So that was never for CDW. That was just WSU. Um, mm-hmm. I think DJ just needed a spot for me and Penelope. And at the time, we were kind of similar. We were both, you know, cute blonde girls. Um, we were at the same experience level. We uh, were training together. Uh, and I guess he just wanted two pretty girls, throw them together, put them as the um, uh, tag champs. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of how we started. We were two little Barbies there, you know, two little cute blonde girls. And then I started to change the way I was, and I thought that might ruin the tag team aesthetic. But it actually mm-hmm. kind of worked itself out now that I'm kind of the muscle and she's the the pretty uh, athletic girl and it kind of, it, it worked itself out. But I was definitely worried that my uh, change would kind of throw that out the window. Sure. Um, what's your thoughts on, cause you know, as, as a woman's wrestler, you have to deal with a whole different level of fans, you know? Um, oh yeah. There's a lot of good fans, but there's a lot of creepy fans. Um, how do you deal with that sort of thing? And, you know, has it toned down since, you know, you've, you've kind of changed focus and, and gotten bigger and everything. Um, so it definitely has not slowed down since I've changed, but <laughs> my audience, my, uh, my people, <laughs> they've changed. I used to get just regular creepers and then I got jacked and realized there's a whole nother world of creepers that are into the muscle. Thing. So yeah, <laughs> it definitely didn't get any better, but it definitely changed, uh, gear i used to get messages like oh i love your tits now i get messages like do you think you could squat me like i get that all the time i get people telling me how much they weigh like do you think you could lift me over your head like i don't know what well, I, I don't know i guess this arouses them I, I don't know so i definitely get like the muscle worshipers now all the time and yeah. some of those are not even wrestling fans they're just like people that found me uh, social media maybe saw me wrestling and they're like oh she's big she does this um I'm, like I said, there are a lot of good fans. There, sure. I have fans that send me gifts, uh, send me like Hello Kitty stuff. They're amazing, and you know, I never shit on them. But then you get the ones that are a little over the top. I, I know I had one guy about a year ago. He was like sending me gifts. He was super sweet, super nice. I thought he was harmless, and you know, um, I gave him my phone number, which is a bad, bad mistake. Because he was sending me yeah. nice, nice gifts, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll talk to you on the phone because he lives far away. And I just, I guess I didn't answer his phone call enough, and he started like sending me <laughs> these threatening messages, like, you know, you're ungrateful, you're this and that. But it's like, you know, I didn't need to give you my phone number. I was just, it, it was a gesture. So you know, a lot of them they start out nice, but if you if you don't, you know, respond to them the way that they want, then they get very angry. So I've learned to yeah. keep it at a professional level to not I mean, how try you, to be close friends with them. 
Yeah. How do you manage that? Because I mean, I, there's obviously, you know, uh, an avenue where you can make money through that type of fan, but in the same token, you know, the guys that want to like buy your socks and stuff, or I mean, it's it's yeah. weird. I mean, like I, I'm I'm okay with it certainly. Like I sell my gear, used gear, yeah. um, uh-huh. and you can make good money. You can make good money on that, but yeah. Uh, and you have the guys that are respectful about it. Like you have the guys that'll just, you know, right away, uh, you know. Tell them how much money it is. They'll send it right to your PayPal. They send your address, and it's done. But then you have the guys that just want to talk and talk, and they say they want to buy a gear, but then they just want to harass you. You know, so it's definitely hard to like uh, feed through them and figure out who's actually legitimate. Um, and then also, like you said, sometimes if, if a fan is being nice to me and just wants to talk to me and they're harmless, you know, I'll answer those people. But then you answer some of them and realize they're creeps. You can't. You never know who's genuine and who's not. Um, yeah, it's like a weird thing in wrestling, like, uh, with girls, like female wrestlers, like, Mm -hmm. and it's crazy, like, most of us don't, uh, a lot of female wrestlers don't have shoot jobs, and it's not because of our booking pay, it's because we have guys, wrestling fans, that will send us money for no reason, and, you know, buy us things, and it's crazy, like, I I don't feel like I don't deserve that, but, you know, I'll take it, (laughs) if it's coming at (laughs) me. Yeah, it's a luxury. Um, so you had a WWE tryout? Mm-hmm. Yes. How was, did that go? Uh, I haven't heard anything back yet. Uh, apparently none of us have heard anything back yet, so I don't right. know what that means. But, uh, you know, you never know. Even if you don't hear anything back for a year, they might contact you in two years. Oh, a spot is, you know, you never know. So I'm not throwing anything out the window. Um, it was definitely, uh, rough. It's, it's like all, it's all cardio. It's all, um. It just you know they're trying to see how long you can go before you give up, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was it was strange to me that like there weren't many wrestlers there. Uh, there was about I want to say fifteen girls, and only like four or five of us were actually wrestlers, wow. uh, which was strange to me because I'm thinking I'm going to go in there and it's all wrestlers I know, but you know it's not really wrestlers, especially with the guys that most of the guys were just athletes of other sports. Um, so they spent a lot of time like teaching those guys how to bump and how to, you know, teach the basics. So us as the wrestlers, we're just kind of, you know, we already know those things. Um, yeah. but so as far as actual wrestling stuff, that was a piece of cake, but like the drills they have you do in the ring, those are crazy. Those will kill you. Um, yeah. uh, and then we did, uh, promos, which I was really excited about. That's my stronger suit. Um, and I think promos is where, like, the wrestlers, the actual wrestlers kind of win because we know how to do that. The athletes, like, from other sports, they don't they don't know what a promo is. They've never had to do anything like that ever. Um, and the wrestlers, you know, we're used to talking in front of crowds and portraying a character, which I think definitely we all had the advantage there. Um, right. I, I mean, WWE is definitely where I want to be in the future, you know. Sure. I'm trying to not think so one side right now and think like, oh, that's the only place I want to be. That's the only thing I want to do. But, you know, I don't need to rush it. It'll happen if it wants to happen, when it wants to happen. So right now I'm just focusing on me and the future and, you know, because you can't control that. I can't control if I get signed ever. But I can control how good I do on the indies and how many bookings I get and how I'm getting over and how I'm building myself. So I'm just going to focus on the things that are in my hands, if that makes any sense. 
Right. So, I mean, obviously, you know, I haven't gotten a call back yet or, or anything like that, but do you think the actual wrestler did have the advantage as far as being, you know, at least well-rounded or, or schooled on some of the things already, or did the cardio level the playing ground because the athletes were, you know, on point with that, or what was your feeling? I felt like the wrestlers definitely had the advantage, even on the drills, because we've all done drills like that before. Like, wrestling drills okay. are pretty similar. Um but I think with the athletes, they just like that they can start fresh with them. You know what I mean? Like any right. – with a wrestler, with an indie wrestler, you have to break all their bad habits too, which I'm sure I have a lot of bad habits. I definitely know that. Uh, and they think with these athletes, they can teach them their way. Because, you know, the WWE way is completely different than the indie way or any other way. So, mm-hmm. you know, they want to start fresh with these athletes. Um, I mean, the athletes, they looked good. But in my opinion, you can't teach someone to be charismatic. So I think the promos tell it all. It doesn't matter how athletic you are. How you can you can make someone a little bit more athletic. You can teach anyone how to wrestle. Anyone can wrestle. Not saying you're going to be good, but anybody can wrestle. You not everybody can be charismatic entertaining. You can't really change that about someone. You either have it or you don't. It's kind of like the it factor. Um, So you know. I mean, there's special cases. Like, there was one guy there. He was, uh, he's like a, uh Olympic gymnast. And he was so athletic to the point where I'm like, you know, they better sign him. Whether he can talk or not, because he's that mm-hmm. athletic. Yeah. But if you're not, I feel like if you're not over the top like that, it's, you know, they're not really going to have any interest. You have to be over the top in one of the uh, subjects, either whether it's the talking or whether it's the athletic ability or the wrestling. You have to be one or the other. And, I don't know. Nobody, nobody stood out at the tryout where I was like, oh, this one person is getting signed. And we all kind of agreed. Like, there was nobody that we thought, like, definitely had it in the bag. But then again, there's tryouts where they don't sign anybody. People think, like, oh, they have to sign three guys, three girls. No, like, they don't have to sign anybody, you know? Right. They, they're already pretty full at NXT. So, you know, it's yeah. – it but like I said, I'm so young. And I, I know a lot of people um, – when I talked to that are in WWE, they've they had like three or four tryouts before they actually got picked up. Yeah, yeah, it can take some time. Um, so what are some dream matches you have you know, on the indie level at least? Uh, dream match. Well, I definitely. Uh, Lefisto was one of them, but I got that coming in June. Okay. Um, let's see. I definitely want to wrestle Sage Sin, obviously in a death match. Um, mm-hmm. let's see who else do I want to wrestle uh, Havoc I've never wrestled Havoc um, hmm boys like that I'll wrestle any guy I definitely just want to wrestle as many guys as possible um, yeah. I can't think of like any specific guys that I would like to wrestle I, I know there's going to come a time where I need to start wrestling like bigger guys right now I just like to wrestle guys my size or smaller than me but mm-hmm. It's going to come a time where I have to start wrestling bigger guys, and I'm going to have to change up my move set a little bit. Right. Because I'm so used to being the bigger one. But there's mm-hmm. going to come a time where I'm the small person, so I need to know how to, you know, wrestle that way, which I don't at the moment. Um, I can't really think of any guys, like, on the top of my head that I want to wrestle. I'm sure there are people. Um, Brock Lesnar? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's way I, like, bigger, I, 
Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll just tag with them. Maybe I won't know if we're going to handle that. It's probably the same size or smaller, and you go to Lesnar. That's a, that's a jump. <laughs> Might as well go all the way. All right. Um, <laughs> if you were to pick three favorite matches that you wanted to show, you know, someone who hasn't seen you wrestle before that would showcase what you can do, um, what would those three matches be? Uh, hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I would put the the Schlack match in there for sure. Okay. Um, I think especially like one day when I'm older, I'm gonna remember that match because it was like the first time I did that. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I had a match with uh, Mickey Knuckles, not the one at H2O, but I it was actually the weekend after that I wrestled a singles match with her, and that was really fun. I definitely thought that was like one of my favorite matches. Um, we didn't wrestle in the ring at all; we were like outside the whole time. Um, that was really fun. I would put that in there. Maybe um Oh, I did a match, um it was actually the only C Z W match I've ever wrestled. Um it it was a freelance show. It was like C Z W versus Freelance. Mhm. And uh we did like a six on six thing. I'm sorry, it was a five on five I think. Um maybe it's a four I don't remember. It was a big match, but I had this mm-hmm. big spot where this guy jumped off the top rope and I caught him across body and the crowd like went insane. And I remember that was my, that was when I was starting to get bigger. And that was my first moment where I was like, wow, I am actually very powerful and I am good at do, I'm good at being powerful. I'm good at what I do. That was the first like confidence boost I have. And I remember thinking that in the ring in that moment, like when I caught that guy. Um, so I definitely think that's one of my favorites and I, it's uh, one memory like I'll never forget. I tend to kind of black out in the ring. Like I don't remember anything. So when I remember a moment, I know that that was an important moment. Um, do you prefer to be heel or face? Uh, it's funny you ask that because I've noticed the last couple of months I'm not really like a heel or face anywhere. I'm just kind of me. Um, mm-hmm. Like I remember when I started wrestling, promoters would always tell me, hey, you're working heel or face. Like nobody really tells me that anymore. So I think they know I'm just kind of my own thing. <laughs> right. Like even if I am a baby face, I'm still going to be kind of an asshole, but I think there's a way to go about it. Cause I don't, I don't like changing my whole persona working heel and face because it's all the same fans in the same area. You know, uh, I don't want to have two completely different personas. So I think I'm, I'm me. And if I'm a heel, I'm going to do the same stuff. I'm just, I might cheat a little bit or be a little bit more shitty. Uh, you know, fuck with the fans and face. I'm still going to be dominant. I'm still going to be scary. I'm still going to be, you know, what my character is. I think starting out, I thought as a baby face, you had to be like super cheesy and super kid friendly, but I don't think you have to be like that to work face. So, and I mean, I've been getting a very face reaction uh, for the last couple of months everywhere I've been. So I guess before, like with the Barbie gimmick and all that, definitely heal because it was easy to get heat. Um, But now I'd say face actually. Never thought I'd say that, but. What would you call like your home base right now, as far as you know, like, home company? Uh, definitely H two O. Definitely, I feel like I have say there. You know, my opinions are listened to. If I really want a match, they're gonna help me get it. They're gonna try to put that person. Uh, they, like I said, they're they're booking me a way that makes sense. It's not just oh, we need something to do with you today. We'll just throw you in this stupid match. It doesn't make any sense. Like he has it all laid out for me with a plan. And, right. you know, that makes me happy to see. It's not just, uh, I, 
then it makes you feel like you're not just a filler. You're not just, you know, someone they booked, they need somebody. It's like, oh, we have an idea for you. We have a uh, purpose for you, which, which I wish was the way that things went about at CZW, but, you know, they didn't. And uh, it, it sucks because CZW is a bigger platform, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I definitely would say H2O is my home at the moment. Yeah, I mean, CZW's booking is trash across the board, so it's not just you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm the only one that feels that way. No. Like um, I said, it's not so, pers- it's not personal with anybody, but it's just, it's just kind of a fact. Right. So besides, you know, WWE being the obvious one, what are what are some goals that you have as far as what you're looking to accomplish? Um, I'm sure I would like to go to Japan at some point, um, with, uh, stardom. Uh, mm. it's just, it's, it's a big decision. You know, they don't really bring people over for like a couple of weeks, you know, you go for like three months or six months. So obviously that's a big commitment. Um, but I would definitely like to say that I've wrestled in Japan. Uh, and I would like that experience. So that's something that's definitely on my, uh, grid but I just don't I can't I can't say oh it's going to happen this time and time but I would like for that to happen if the opportunity came about I would find a way to make it work um, you know just like dropping everything and moving to New Jersey because it's what I needed if that opportunity right. came up I would drop everything and make it happen um, Japan maybe Mexico uh I I personally think that uh, Impact is doing very well right now. Okay. So uh, that would be somewhere in the future I would definitely like to work if the opportunity came up. Um, They kind of go up and down. It's like sometimes they're doing good, sometimes they're not doing well. But they seem to be doing pretty good right now. Uh, And I think with Impact, you get more TV time, whereas you could be in WWE and be signed but never be seen on TV and never used. So... You know, you think, what's better, being with a bigger company and not being used, or being with a smaller company but being on TV all the time? Sure. Yeah, I mean, exposure, I guess, is key initially. Yeah, and I mean, the the impact schedule is definitely a lot more doable. Uh, You know, you go film for a week, once a month, and then you're home, you can do the indies, you can live wherever you want, whereas WWE, like, you're never home, ever. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely a, uh, something I would like. Yeah. All right, I mean, and I think that's about all I got. Um, before I let you go, um, can you cut a quick Yakuza Kick Radio promo? Yes. What am I saying? How long is it? Uh, I mean, as long as you want. I mean, put your own spin on it. Name it a show. Your name. Make it your own. Okay. Yeah, I gotta get into character now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go ahead. I've been laying down for jobs. <laughs> I'm ready. This is Maria Manic, and you're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Awesome. Um, is there any other, you know, any other things you want to put out there? Plugs, whatever you want. Uh, I guess social media. Everything is the Maria Manic. Uh, Twitter, Instagram. Oh, I don't use Facebook anymore. I'm just, I, it's too much for me to handle. Um, but yeah, Instagram, Twitter. Um, trying to think if I have any things I want to promote. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have my schedule in front of me. 
Okay. I, I mean, everything will be posted on my social media at some point. Sure. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I'd definitely like to have you back on in the future. I mean, you're out there killing it, so I'm sure we're going to have more to talk about. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, okay. I mean, that, that's that's yeah. about all I got. Um, Like I said, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, you're welcome back anytime. Oh, thank you so much for having me. No problem. Signing off? Yep. All right, bye. So there you go. That was Maria Manic. Um, like I said, you know, she's got a lot of talent. She's got a great look. She's got, um, you know, ability out there that a lot of girls don't have. She st- stands apart from the crowd. You know what I mean? She doesn't have a generic look, um, as she said she once did. But, um, you know, she's really transformed herself. And, um, you know, she's someone to keep an eye on for sure, especially as young as she is. So, look, I'm going to play a track. Actually, two tracks. But back to back, it's going to come out in about three minutes. Um, and I'll come back, and I got some other shit to talk about. When you're gonna realize, honey is the king of the land. The color of your skin doesn't matter when you got it in your hand. I got that feeling, the clap, the young black bomb feeling the rap. You can fill in the gap, sacrilegious, dick in the mouth for bad bitches. It's cool when it's G-Rap or Rose to Riches on fleek when I took my own beat, beat, and vicious. Deep with the bullets, I speak, sleeps your mistress. On the world from the Metal detected, tech metal level you said, benevolent, etiquette of the exceptional vet. Defense in death threat, direct express. But wait to get the hell jail, fuck with the best. P. Boss with the vibe of the past. Break off, get lost like the driver should pass. Why, my brother? 9120, bring your compound down to brother gun dummy. The bike in the brother Mozone. Get your thoughts on from verbal and hand chrome. Rap predators don't get caught in the seating. Mike Tyson writing social graffiti. The bike in the brother Mozone. Get your thoughts on from verbal and hand chrome. Rap predators don't get caught in the seating. Mike Tyson writing social graffiti. Ravaging the booth, rapping shit. Savage in pursuit of happiness. I don't co sign or support thoughts of rich niggas eating collard greens with salt pork. Uh. This is the onslaught. The fifth happy rockin' on the shit that your son brought. Glad to meet ya. She went back, you got alopecia. Pink master, Ella Massacre. Move in any manner, it don't matter. Ella was better than, better than ya. Trying to box, get boxed in the brain, splatter, the brain rapture. Pain captured in my veins, cocaine like. Aim high in plain sight, pumping on the flame pipe, putting your name. Got a full four focus on your fame, slain the predator. Legendary, I'm every murderer inside of America. The bike in the brother Mozone. Get your thoughts wrong from verbal and hand chrome. Rap predators, don't get caught in the seating. Mike Tyson, writing social graffiti. The bike in the brother Mozone. Get your thoughts wrong from verbal and hand chrome. Rap predators, don't get caught in the seating. Mike Tyson, right in social proceedings. Because I am so... Sean. 
disappear. Metal fragments on face, the Teflon beard. The ape is great, the papes I make is great. The weight I break on places, shakes don't hate. The flow is straight, so no debate. I'm holding cake, unload the eight, behold your face. Clapper of the nine, rap rapper all the time. Cat rewind that rapper, rapping lines fine. I'm that. Sun grabbing on the motherfucking track. I went through 190 on the motherfucking back. Rap like somebody out already. Slap them hard body, they be out already. Rebel headed tone, stepping at the moon. The metal bitted goon pig. Tracks are crazy. Nothing, none of this new fucking mumble rap, fucking rainbow teeth asshole jerk off shit is, is fucking with with that Sean Price shit right there. Like none of that shit, man. Go in the gym with that shit in your fucking headphones. Uh, tell me you ain't pushing. What? Come on, the fuck out of here. So anyway, um, Sean Price shit. Um, so um, yo, I I had to contain myself, but LeBron James just hit a fucking buzzer beater three. To win the motherfucking game, I gotta go on the sports page and and bury these motherfuckers because all they do is shit on LeBron James. It's like a nonstop shit on LeBron James fest, and they were just talking shit like two games ago. Oh, he ain't played D. I watched him pin a ball to the motherfucking backboard, and then I watched him just fucking cut their throats with a three at the fucking buzzer. Yeah, I mean, fucking three two. Motherfucking Cavs. Y'all thought LeBron James was leaving the fucking playoffs in the first round? Y'all motherfuckers has got shit all the way fucked up. All the way fucked up thinking LeBron James is just going the fuck home right now. And you, and then you can start talking about where he's going to go next year and why you mad about it. All y'all motherfuckers don't have Delonte West jerseys in your fucking closet right now. Because do fuck LeBron's mom. And that could be like the happiest day in your life when you heard that shit. Clown ass motherfuckers. 3-2 Cavs. Anyway, um, so City Field uh, sprint. I I did the uh, the sprint on uh, Saturday, and um, it was um, <laughs> it's this guy. I I don't know what he just said to me. He, now he's okay. He's um, so yeah, LeBron just crushed him. Whatever. City Field sprint. I, um, let me see my times. I gotta, you know, I don't have this shit ready. I never have shit ready. Um, <laughs> my finish time was one hour and two seconds. Uh, 406 overall out of 5,463. I feel fucking good about that. You know what I mean? 40 years old and I'm faster than over 5,000 motherfuckers that ran that race. Uh, you know, I'm not a podium guy. I'm not a top 10 guy. I'm not a you know, winning the race type motherfucker, but, um, you know, 400 out of 5,400, <laughs> that, that feels good, uh, so yeah, I hauled ass out there, um, I came in 43 out of 384 in my age group, which is a new age group for me, which is 40, 
um, 353 out of 3,051 in my gender. And, um, yeah, man, I, I was really happy with the way shit went down. Uh, the weather was good. Um, I was a little upset because, uh, um, my, my twins were going to run the, uh, the kids race as they did last year. Um, they ran the kids race in the city field and then they ran the, excuse me, uh, the, um, outside one at, uh, super Spartan in the Pocono area in, in July. Um, so they were looking forward to doing this, especially Crystal. Crystal's my little athlete. She's my little baby beast. And uh, she was all about this, you know. Um, well, fucking New York traffic, cocksucking New York traffic, um, it took us three hours to get there. So um, my race was at 4 o'clock, but I guess the last kids' races ran at 2.30, which I, I wasn't aware of. Um, I figured we, were, we would see what time we got there, you know, sign up, which I'm glad, you know, because if I signed up prior... Meanwhile, I would have known about the time, but I, I wouldn't have expected a three-hour trip. Um, so we missed the last sign-up time for, for them, which Jada was just like, all right, whatever. And uh, Crystal was like, oh, she was she was so bummed out. Um, she did get to run the course, you know, even even without the medal and all of that stuff. Um, yeah, she got to run around the course. So, uh, you know, she was happy with that, but in the same tokens, and, you know, it was a shame. But um, absolutely, she'll be running the uh, – the um super spartan kids race she was actually um when we were going into it she was like which one are we running are we running the one from the the mountain or are we running the one on the uh inside or and uh i said no no the one in the stadium she's like huh all right <laughs> yeah she she really wanted the messy one the the mountain one the dirty one so um yeah she'll, she'll get her opportunity to do that but um so yeah i, w I was really happy with it um but yeah, it, it um it's a fun race and I have next this coming Saturday I have the Spartan Beast, which is fucking it is what it sounds like. It's um it, it's it's a beast race. Um took me six and a half hours last year, I think about seven the year before, seven and change the year before. Um so yeah, uh this this is a uh, real deal shit. I've done three Spartan Beasts, and uh, so this will be my fourth, and um, yeah, it, it, it's intense. It's crazy fucking intense. Um, I think the sprint will serve me well as far as being a great warm-up for for this race, because the race is, you know, again, crazy. We'll, we'll talk more about it next week. Um, no, let, me, let me just plan on doing a show next week, and then, uh, you know, we'll see where we go from there. Um... So walking out of there, uh, they had uh, a bum dog. Um, it was it was a dog dressed in full Mets gear and somehow had like a like a pipe, like a corn cob pipe type thing attached to its mouth, like it was sitting there holding the pipe. And and you know everybody like oh how cute whatever take pictures and shit. And it's got a jar in front of it that says thanks for the picture, but I don't like. Uh, cheap ass people or some shit like that and it's like yo i wanted to fucking i want i wanted to stop and and pop shit with whoever the fuck owned it because whoever owned the dog was kind of like laying in the cut and letting the dog raise all the money for him so they could just fucking like yo this dog ain't, ain't asked to be a fucking bum dog yeah i mean th this dog is like your tool in fucking uh getting money without a fucking job 
Yeah, I mean, go fuck yourself. You think I'm going to read that shit and be like, oh, poor poor guy and dog? Like, fuck you, motherfucker. Using this dog, you're exploiting this fucking dog for your gain instead of getting a motherfucking job. Like, you know how bad that dog would love just fucking running around? It was a black lab. You know how much that dog would love just, like, running around someone's fucking backyard, like, part of the fucking family instead of standing outside a city field fucking hoping that enough money falls in there to pay for your fucking habit and your motherfucking dog food the fuck out of here that should piss me off like and, and people are supposed to read that and go oh i feel bad i should put money in. go fuck yourself yeah i mean i i wish someone would steal your dog and give it a real fucking home go fuck yourself um so anyway um that that was that so then i was trying to really um like a multitask on this on this venture right and um i've been doing this a lot lately especially since uh trop aquarium which was my my favorite fish store in new jersey up until maybe soon i'll get i'll catch you up on that but um trop aquarium was awesome they were in operation for over 50 years and uh something happened health-wise in the family and they had to shut down permanently which is like a huge thing um amazing fish there the health was top-notch their selection was awesome uh you know i keep african cichlids so that's you know you know um if you're looking for a certain type of thing i mean they were just on point which is amazing looking fish and you know really good knowledge the staff was great uh clean tanks everything like that nothing sick uh, if they saw a sign of sickness, they'd be like, oh, I can't sell you that because it's starting this. And you wouldn't even see with something wrong with the fish, but they would, and they would not sell it to you. So, you know, they were, they were really on point. Um, so it was a shame. But uh, now I've been trying to find, like, new new avenues for fish stores. And, st- you know, I'm looking for specific types of African cichlids, and um, no one's fucking got them. So I was like, all right, well, you know, let me see what kind of joints are out in Queens because, I mean, shit. I mean, there's some pretty you know wealthy people in the city despite the fact that again like don't get me started on the fucking city because they just warehouse people out there it's like the worst fucking thing on the planet i don't understand why there's such a love for the city and shit but they just stack people on top of people you just look at a building and be like all right there's a half a million people like right there right now like what the fuck like how how are you supposed to be significant in life at all but that's, I think that's why they go, you know, like, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Because, like, if you can claw and scrape your way out of that fucking overcrowded shithole, then, then you're a motherfucking animal. Yeah, I mean, you're a beast and, and you deserve to make it. But fuck that, man. I need some space. I don't, I don't like all that overcrowding shit where you feel uh, completely insignificant. Like, if you drop dead in that fucking crowd, like, nobody would miss you. <laughs> that shit would... It would take them, like, three hours to figure out that you weren't just sleeping on the road like half the motherfuckers out there. Um, crazy. So, anyway, uh, I, I find this thing online. Now, I watch this video, and there's this fruits running around on the video, and he's like, oh, my God, there's fish everywhere. Look at this fish store. And it's like, yo, he, he made this video. This motherfucker should get, like, a film award because he made this fucking store look dope. He ran around that fucking store while skipping around the store with the fucking little camera filming shit and putting it over so and you know this wasn't the dude that fucking worked there at all he was just a silly little bastard that uh decided to film some shit in the store so uh he he was happy about himself he seemed happy about a lot of things but um so so we go there right and as we, like we, you know we put in the gps whatever it's called like monster fish right 
monster fish store, some monster aquariums, I think. Uh, so as, as we put in the GPS, and now as we go, we're starting to realize, oh, like, this is Chinatown like a motherfucker because, um, yeah, it's like there's Chinese writing on every fucking building. It'll say, like, Target and then Target Chinese, like, underneath. There's, like, a big mall type shit right over there. Um, and, uh, so sure enough, monster fish. Um, I, uh, so we park, get out of the car. You know, I got my, my two eight-year-old twins with me. You know, we walk up to the giant. I got this fucking guy that's standing out in front of his car in front. And he's like, you good? Get the fuck out of here. Am I good? Yeah, I'm coming here to cop drugs in front of the fish door for my fucking, my eight-year-old twins. Get the fuck out of my face. Um, so we get in there. And it's like one step in the door, and there's like in fifty minimal of fifty readier sliders. Like, um, for those who don't know, those are little turtles, little water turtles. Um, there's like a box, like like an open-topped cardboard box filled with tiny little containers, like little fucking plastic containers and shit, with like little, a little bigger than quarter-sized readier sliders just like pack the fuck in there and then you look up a little bit and there's like fucking turtles in like a little bigger container that are like sitting on top of each other they can't go anywhere there's no fucking room for this this is like a fucking nightmare for you know where i work we get calls all the time you know people trying to turn in readier sliders because um they got too big they buy them somewhere for that size you know they're cheap um they they buy them you know, quarter sized, and before you know it, they're the size of a dinner plate, and they're cracking fifty gallon tanks. Um, and, you know, unless you got like a pond set up for these type of things, they're going to outgrow your tank. Um, you're either gonna have like you know a fucking hundred gallon fucking breeder tank or something, you know, big wide fucking long tank, or it's going to outgrow your tank. Even at that, like that's not big enough. Those turtles zip around in the water actually pretty pretty quick for their size, even when they're big. So if you don't have enough room for them to really do that, then you don't have any business having fucking red ear sliders. And, um, you know, they, they grow fast, you know. Um, even, uh, I think, Boxman over there at the uh, Hot Tag has, has some red ear sliders. But he said, yeah, he's he's got a pond in the yard or some shit, and he plans on when they get big enough, he's going to bring them out there. So, you know. I mean, you got to have a backup plan or an option. You can't just start out and, you know, and, and jerk off stores like this, they just fucking, they get, you know, a distributor that just mass breeds these things, sells them to them. They don't give a fuck where any of this stuff goes. And they'll, they'll sell it to you with a fucking beta tank and just be like, oh, yeah, enjoy. See you later. And, you know, a month later when it's fucking, you can't get a shell out of the beta tank, you know, that's not their problem anymore. They already made their little bullshit sale. You know, and, um, so I, I fucking right away got this, like, really bad vibe, like, oh, fuck. And, um, you know, and, and it looks like, you know, the, the scene of menace to society where they're just, like, <laughs> peeking around the corner, like, uh, <laughs> I feel sorry for your mother. Uh, so, uh, I'm just looking at, there's, like, huge fucking fish, huge fish in tiny little tanks. And, like, the, the the guy on the fucking video is skipping around the store, and he's like, don't, don't be worried. These are just holding tanks. They're going to get bigger tanks. Like, I don't know what fantasy world you came from, motherfucker, but it, this this guy will sell those fish to any motherfucking body. It doesn't – they're going to get bigger tanks. Like, oh, what kind of fucking 
I mean, I do believe in Santa. I mean, there's no maybe about it. I mean, the way he was talking on that video, he, he really, he saw a better life for every fish in that store, which was just not going to fucking happen. Um, they had flower horns, which are huge South American cichlids. And um, they were in like, fuck man, like uh, little containers that were no bigger than like a, a fucking, like a Dunkin' Donuts cup. Like they were like in tanks, but separated into these little containers. And those are, they're like pretty colorful fish. They have kind of like, like holographic type of coloring on the side of them. And they have like a big bump on the top of their head and they get huge. But, um, these guys were maybe four or five inches, but again, like no bigger than like a Dunkin' Donuts coffee cup, you know, turned sideways and just lined like fucking 10, 12 of them, like bam, 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 bam just lined the fuck up, and it was just like, holy shit, like, as you walked around, you just got like, oh, fuck, like, and, uh, then the other thing about it is they have a basement, which is fucking crazy, you know, in Queens, you're walking down this narrow-ass staircase into a fucking basement in this Chinese fish store, and, uh, like, this shit looks seedy enough where I thought that there was a possibility they were selling mogwai in that motherfucker. You know, <laughs> I I really expected the dude to be like, you are not ready for Magua. You know, um, <laughs> shit was crazy. Um, so we get downstairs to the, to the fucking, uh, the basement and there's, there's no staff down there. It's creepy as fuck, man. Like you expect like a door to shut and this shit just be the last thing you fucking remember. You know, you wake up tied to a fucking operating table or some shit. It's your fucking organs harvested. It was fucking sketchy as shit. I'm down there with my kids and shit. Uh, so, uh, we walk by, there's, there's one tank that's got, it's got a, um, a red tail catfish in there that's, that's big. Um, not as big as I've, I've seen a red tail catfish the size of a fucking small dog, um, at Ocean Aquarium over in, um, uh, I don't know what fucking town that is. It's right outside of AC though. And, uh, that's like their pet. Like they have it in the big giant tank and I, it's not even for sale. It's, it's been there for probably a decade, but, um, but the, the red tail catfish they had in there was pretty big and it was $850. Uh, I might sound like a, a crazy fucking amount of money to you until you hear that there was an arowana, um, that was, I want to say they're kind of like a long, like knife or sword looking fish. They're silver. And kind of like flat and long and kind of sword shaped. Um, I want to say it was about 18, 12, 12 to 16 inches long. Something like that. $3,800. Like, I'm going to say it again. $3,800. Fucking crazy, right? So then I look and there's this tank. And it says rare in big letters on it, uh, Cuban gar. And these gar, they're crazy looking. Like if you ever saw those uh, geared, what are those, uh, gear dolls? Uh, I think I'm saying it wrong. But like those alligators with like the big long fucking snouts. I think it's gear dolls, something like that. They have them at the Bronx Zoo. They have those big long like needle nose snouts. Well, these fish look, the gar look like that. And they had all sorts of different gars. Um, uh, all you know, different breeds and colors and this and this. Well, these said Cuban gars, very rare. Well, I got to figure that they're rare because they had all of them motherfuckers. Cause there was like 80 of them in that fucking tank. 
I gotta feel like they they stripped the wild of all the fucking Cuban gars, and they're now rare because of this fucking store in in, in specific. Because if you tell me the motherfucking fish is rare, and you happen to have like sixty to eighty of them right here, then then they gotta be rare somewhere somewhere fucking else, because they ain't rare in this fucking store. Yeah, you seem to have like a surplus of the motherfuckers that are rare. So uh, makes makes me uh wonder just a little bit like. What the fuck is going on? So anyway, um, that that was my my whole uh, experience at the Asian um, fish store, Mon- monster fish, um, aquarium, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, never again. That was fucking crazy, and um, yeah, I, I do not recommend that fucking fish store. Um, so then on Sunday I went out to um, the uh, I went to go get my uh, my hot peppers at Cross Country Nursery, which is by far the number one uh, chili pepper place on the planet. Um, they have over 500 varieties of peppers. Like, no legit, uh, no no bullshit, I'm not exaggerating. Over 500 varieties of peppers. Um, I got 20, I, I miscounted initially, but I think I had 26 varieties of peppers uh, 31 plants total. So I got like two plants of a couple types. Um, I could bore you with the list, but I, I mean, I posted it on my Facebook and stuff, so I'm not going to like read off 26 types of peppers. Cause I, I don't think it would be nearly as entertaining as, um, it is to me, but, um, again, you can go check out the list and you'll see, you know, just, just keep an eye on my Facebook through the season and you'll see them growing and I'll be posting pictures of them and then making hot sauces with them. So, um, uh, speaking of hot sauces, I'm going to be making some batches of hot sauce. Um, if you are in the, I I know this is like a fucking ridiculous plug because it it doesn't apply to like 97% of listeners. If you're in the Tennessee area, (laughs) uh, my brother, he, he runs a table at, uh, at the, um, Walker stalker conventions and, um, Nightmare, uh, Nightmare Productions, I believe. Uh, Nightmare Designs. I, I, I'm I'm the worst. Um, let me look it up. Uh, um, Nightmare Designs, I believe. Let's just fucking Let's bring this to a screeching halt. Nevermore Designs. What the fuck is wrong with me? Um, never, <laughs> Nevermore Designs uh, is his fucking... Why did I say Nightmare? I don't even know where the fuck I got that from. But um, Nevermore Designs, he, he has his table, and uh, he makes t-shirts, and uh, mostly you know horror-themed, um, Walking Dead-themed, but he can do all sorts of different shit. Um, and he's got mugs that have like the um, the decals on them, you know, big fucking mugs, and they have the, the vinyl decals on them, and, uh, you know, real dope shit, around Christmas, he makes fucking Christmas balls, and all sorts of different things, so, um, check him out, um, he's also selling my, um, my hot sauce on his tables over there, so, you know, I zombie-themed my hot sauces, and, uh, yeah, so I'm gonna have some varieties of that out there in Tennessee, 
Um, I won't be there, but he will be there with my hot sauces. Um, and then, you know, anywhere you see a Walker Stalker convention for the most part, um, at least, you know, from here to the middle of the country, like he's, he, he did one in Chicago. Uh, he sold some of my stuff over there. Um, he did the one in Jersey and, and really did well. That was a little bit before Christmas. Um, I think there's another one in September in Jersey. And, uh, I think I'm going to actually go to that one with him and, uh, hang sell some sauce but um yeah i'm gonna make a variety of different sauces i just got a shitload of bottles from the uh fillmore containers um the other day so in my off week here because i i i'm gonna be fucking dead after this beast so in my recovery week i'm gonna be making fucking hot sauces i still have a pound of carolina reaper uh, powder well a little under i've used a little bit but not not nearly enough to make a dent in it so my this batch of sauces will all be made with uh Carolina Reaper powder and um yeah uh so again I I went through the um just so I could put something over um I um while I just shit on the uh, the Asian fish store um crazy fucking madness um fish and pets plus which is over in the fucking ah fuck i want to say it's like farmingdale some something along flemington flemington i think flemington um so you know again i i just looked up you know uh different fish stores to see you know what they had and that type of thing and um this was something that was like 20 minutes away from you know where i was going to be with getting my peppers so, um, we sidetracked over there about a 20 minute drive and, um, fish and pets plus, I highly recommend this store. Um, they didn't have specifically what I was looking for. And like a lot of these fish stores, even if you like, you know, what they have and, and, and what they're doing and they don't have what you want, they'll always tell you, oh, I get another shipment on Wednesday. And it's like, Dude, I, you know, I live like way too far away from here to just come back on Wednesday, but I appreciate it. Um, uh, excellent fish store, clean tanks, beautiful store. Um, you know, a lot of space. It's not all crammed together. And they actually had, um, I didn't ask them, but, um, they had an arowana that was double the size of the one that was selling for $3,800 in the, uh, you know, in the, uh, the monster fish. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if he was just like a pet in the store or whatever, cause he was in a big, big fucking tank. But, um, yeah, he, I can't imagine what that would go for. Again, I don't know if they run on the same pricing. Um, and then I, um, so I highly recommend that. Um, All Aquatics is over by Trenton. I don't recommend that. Uh, they had a big fucking uh, Red Devil, like, laying on its side, fucking dying in the tank. Um, which, you know, these type of things happen when you care for fish. I, I'm not going to judge them solely based on that. They do pond services, and maybe they do good pond services, but based on their decisions on uh, landscaping tanks and, um, you know, their they're clear, like, lack of care, like, in-store, I, I wouldn't recommend them in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, I mean, the whole front of the store was full of just beautiful plants for ponds and, uh, they do pond services and, and they had big giant things being filtered and some koi in there of all sorts, um, comets and koi and all that. But, um, when it came, you know, the fish, like I said, the red devil, the one big guy, he was laying on his fucking side. It said not for sale on the tank. Well, no shit. You know, I mean, he, 
he would have been in the same fucking shape if you put him in like a you know, a Ziploc bag and sent them home that way. Like you wouldn't even need to add water to have them in the same state he was in the store. But, um, so they really didn't have anything I was looking for, but I wasn't really impressed by the way shit looked there. And, uh, you could tell too, like, cause I mean, you know, even with like sunlight and stuff, you really got to stay on top of fucking wiping the algae off your fucking tanks. Like I'm looking at my tanks right now and I, I need to fucking wipe down the insides of those glass, which is crazy. Cause I only keep the, like the bright lights on, um, couple hours a day like when I get home until when I go to sleep and um so uh but yeah it builds up quick um but uh the other thing is they had like what I guess you would consider a show tank but it wasn't stocked as if it was a show tank there were a couple just smaller mediocre cichlids in there um it was overstocked with big giant heavy fucking rock Apparently so heavy that they can't fucking, they can't do anything with the tank. Um, there was a beautiful cichlid in there, and it was like, I, I don't really know what it was. The dude said it was a peacock, but I, I have no evidence that it was a fucking peacock, because I looked up peacock types, and I found nothing like that. It looked, I don't remember its face looking quite like a trophius. Um, I know this is crazy. If you don't know fish, this is like the most boring part of the podcast ever. But anyway, um, so it, it more fit the, the mold of like what a, a trophius might be because it was um, it had like a black head and then its body was just like a gold, like a golden yellow. Um, and that was dope. And I was like, yo, like this guy, like uh, how much is this guy? He's like, oh, well, if we were selling them, he'd probably be like 30 bucks. I'm like, OK, you fucking bag them up, you know, and he's like, oh, I, I can't get in there, I was like, what, he's like, yeah, like, those rocks are really heavy, last time I tried to get a fish out of there, I, I was chasing it around for, like, an hour, and never even got the fish, like, I, I can't get anything in there with those rocks, and I'm just looking at him, like, what are you, retarded, like, this, <laughs> you guys have a fucking store, and you've landscaped this tank to the point where you can't manage it, sell out of it, do fucking anything, I was just like, all right, then. I guess I'll uh, see you later, then. Yeah, and then I, you got the same thing. Like, yeah, well, like Thursday, we're getting another shipment. It's like, oh, fuck you. I'm not coming back here on fucking Thursday. Especially with all the other bullshit. Like, if I was closer to the other joint in uh, Flemington, I would have stopped by there again. Because, you know, top-notch shit. This fucking asshole. Um, so, yeah. So, then uh, we stopped by uh, Five Guys, right? Uh, I have never been to a Five Guys before. Um, very good food. Um, very expensive. Um, you know, I had, uh, the whole family with me this time. I had, you know, my older daughter plus the twins, everybody. And, um, so the twins didn't want anything to do with a, with a burger because they were in like a chicken nugget mood and, uh, we had stopped by, uh, Chick-fil-A, but they were closed. I, I don't know. I guess they close on Sundays there or everywhere. I don't even fucking know. But, um, so they are close at two o'clock or three o'clock or some wild shit. So, um, so we, uh, we went there and they didn't want anything to do with a hamburger. So they were just like, yeah, we just want fries and a, and a shake. I'm like, all right, well, fuck that. That's cool. It, it was lunch. You know, it wasn't like they needed to hit, hit all, all courses of the meal, uh, they didn't need to cross the food pyramid, um, so, I'm like, alright, we get the four orders of fries, 
three burgers, a couple shakes, uh, soda for Mary Jane. So it was like 60 bucks or whatever. So, um, you know, we wait for the food or whatever. They put the, the fries in the bag and the fries are in like little cups, you know? And then I watched this dude and I guess this is like customary for five guys, but I'm telling you this cause I've never seen any, any kind of shit like this before. It's like, like if you ordered fries and then the guy like said, fuck this place while he was dishing out your fries and like really liked you or some shit. I guess that's customary to what they do. Cause they had the four cups of fries in the bag. And then he took that big ass fry scooper and just like fucking filled it like once or twice and just dumped them into the bag on top of the thing. So when you open the bag, it just looked like you could not see cups. You you couldn't see cups at all. Like there were more fries on top of the cups than there were in all four cups combined. I was just like, I don't even know what the fuck it. I don't even know what to do here. So I just like, I, I split the bags from where I had the burgers into one bag and I piled all the fries that were on top of the cups into the other bag and just passed it back to the twins. And we're just like, share this enormous bag of fries. And yeah, they, they couldn't even finish that bag of fries between the two of them. So yeah, it was, it was crazy. Definitely recommend, uh, you know, five guys. Um, it, it'd be better if you had five guys to pay for it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, besides that, yeah, dope fucking burgers. Good shit. Um, what else? So yeah, that 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 concluded my weekend. Um, what else do I got? I thought I had something else. Um, apparently Loki got a um um I know this is wrestling. What the fuck is this? Um, Loki got a deposit. I guess eight hundred dollars from Brett Lauderdale, and now Brett Lauderdale is yelling on Twitter about um Loki, pay me back, please, Loki, and like Loki did like a like a webinar, like a web seminar on uh, business and all of this. So he's like, you know, tagging him in that and like copy and pasting that and then like responding to his like webinar thing with like, oh yeah, why don't you give me my $800 back? And, and like, please, he's saying like, like wild shit, like please, that's like uh, summer camp money for my daughter and, and gymnastic lessons and please give it back and it's, it just sounds all fucking crazy now look I mean if Loki kept the dude's money on some bullshit then yeah like I, I you know obviously that's that's not something you should do um, again I know I know the way that these cats roll I don't know what was said or what was done but if they turned around and fucking buried him and shit on him like they like to do and he decided, hey, fuck you then. <laughs> you That cost you $800 to talk shit, you know? And, I mean, it, it may not be the best business decision, but, you know, some people don't like to be fucking talked about. And sometimes that shit happens. So, I don't know. But, um, again, like, I, I am no fan of, of Lauderdale or DeMano or whatever. So, if they, they lost fucking money, I'm not really too upset about it. Of course, you know, what's what's right and wrong is, is obvious. But I, I don't really always uh, abide by that, especially when we're talking about assholes. Um, TOD looks like absolute trash. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find, um, can line up for it, but, um, TOD looks like absolute trash. Uh, let me see. Fucking. Again, I, you know, 
I don't do research. Um, but I just keep seeing these fucking names. Oh, Josh Crane. They announced Josh Crane. It just keeps getting fucking worse. Um, so they announced, um, where's these fucking people? Okay. Brandon Kirk was the number one announcement. First, first guy announced. Um, then they announced, uh, Ricky Shane Page. Um, all right. Yeah, Ricky Solid. Uh, but he also just pulled off a show or two shows because he's he's got some nagging injuries. So I'm sure he's going to make it to this type of thing, but you're not getting, you know, 100% fresh Ricky Shane Page. But, you know, he's got time because that's in June. Um, but he's got you know, King of the Death before that. And, you know. Then uh, Drew Parker, who is, I guess, another one of these Euro fruits that no one gives a fuck about that will wind up in the finals. Uh, DJ booked that guy. Then he booked uh, Casanova Valentine. I don't know who the motherfuck that is. Uh, I don't give a fuck who that is. Um, then he booked Dan O'Hare, which, look, Dan has improved. You know, I, I have admittedly not been the biggest Dan O'Hare fan. We have not been uh, the friendliest on social media in the past. Um, but I, I, I give credit where credit is due, and he's not horrendous. I mean, he, he plays his role. And, you know, as far as him and Schlack doing their thing, he's not, like, ruining matches. It, it is what it is, and he plays his role, and he's, he's improved from when I first saw him. I mean, he still looks 45, but, I mean, you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, so he's in TOD. Not Schlack. Dan O'Hare. Mance Warner's in, in Tournament of Death. Uh, I know uh, my friend Jeremy's a big fan of his. I really haven't seen much of him. And, you know, I, I can't just speak by someone else being a big fan of him. So I can't say, like, yo, that's going to be great because of him. Like, eh, all right. I mean, he's like an, an IWA guy through and through, and I, I don't think he's in King of the Death unless I'm wrong. So I I don't know. Uh, Mr. Claxton, which I don't know why they're calling him Mr. Claxton because I feel like he, he turned face again, and he's Connor Claxton again. So I don't know. But anyway, I you know – Connor's good. He he's um he solidified himself as a pretty top guy over the years. Um, CCW's booking has been weird with him, so obviously, just like anything else, it um it kind of puts him in a weird spot a lot. You know, they did the uh, avoiding ultra violence, Mister Claxton thing, but the majority of CCW was fucking avoiding ultra violence. So that's not like, hey. This is such a fucking badass, ultra-violent company. What a dick he is. I mean, the fans are going like, why does no one want to be ultra-violent? Like, he's just like the rest of them, but he's wearing a suit. He's, I mean, so it was a weird time for them to do that gimmick with him in CZW anyway. Um, but then they added Dale Patricks. Who, D- Dale's average. I mean, depending on his opponent. He's he's had some really good shit out there, but I don't think he's, like, the superstar. I don't think he's just going to go out there and fucking steal the show. I mean, amongst this group, maybe. Um, Stockade, who I've never been a fan of, I don't think he's good. I really don't. Um, and Josh Crane, who I feel like is a fat, lazy slob who still owes me money. So he can go fuck himself, and um, he he's not going to do shit that anyone cares about either. So, so far, that's your field of TOD. You know, um, I, it's complete trash. CZW is done. It's just fucking done. It's over. Um, so that that's that. I, I think I covered everything I want to cover tonight. Um, 
What, what the fuck else? Um. Yeah. Um. Let me see. Oh shit. Uh, Shane just said that um, fucking Takashi Six Nine's crew shot up the Barclay Center. So he's probably gonna go away for for a while, uh, which is good. It's good. I, I hope he never sees the light of day again. And uh, you know, he's fucking horrible. Um, I don't know, man. Like it's crazy. You get some people who like go out of their way to put bullshit over. Like they start putting that bullshit over. Like even on Joe Budden's podcast that I fuck with, um, they start going like, Nah, he raps. He's not like those mumble rappers. He raps. You out of your fucking mind? He is no better than any fucking one of them. He's horrible. He's fucking horrendous. And, and and these days, this generation is just dancing the fucking beats. They don't give a fuck what it is. They they don't give a fuck what the guy's saying, what he looks like. This motherfucker looks retarded. This this dude dresses crazy. It's like it, like like if you just let a five year old fucking do their own makeup, they're gonna come out of the room looking like that dude. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just fucking crazy, man. Like, let them just play with fucking paints for an hour and come out. That that's what that's what it's gonna look like. Takashi six nine, probably gonna spit the same type of fucking lyrics too. Just garbage, absolute garbage. So uh, that's that. Um, Spartan Beast in uh, three days. That's that's what's on my motherfucking mind. That's what's on my agenda. Um. I'm gonna make a plan, make it make it a point to come back sometime next week and talk to y'all. Um shout out to the Hot Tag Podcast. Big shout out to Shaheen and uh Hostile City Graphics. Hostile City Prince. Hostile City something. Uh that dude did me a big big solid on for my fortieth birthday, he he did me a a piece of uh, my cat Justice, who, if anybody knows me, knows this cat was my best friend. And, uh, you know, he passed last year, right around this time last year. And, um, you know, he's he's just one of those cats you just can't, you just can't replace. You know, I, you have to have an animal that's like that, that's that close to you to understand. And if you haven't, I understand that, you know, it, it, it's fucking foreign policy to you. You don't really, uh, I'm sounding crazy right now. But, um... If, you know, you're you're a big animal lover and you've had, you know, a pet that was really, really close to you, that's what justice was to me. You know, I tattooed his name on my arm. You know, I've lost a lot of pets. I've never done that type of thing. Um, you know, justice's name is on me forever because he, he meant that much. So to have his picture on my wall the way it is now, you know, thanks to Shaheen, it means the world to me. So um, I got to thank him for that. And again, you know, hit up hostile city prince if you want any kind of commissions done you know uh if you have a pet that you want a, a picture of uh you know that type of thing anything you want this dude could do it all so uh check him the fuck out and um jeremy's doing some some shit with uh with with eric you know eric who uh got the yakuza kick radio rolling alongside of myself back fucking what is this seven years ago eight years ago now i've been doing this shit a long fucking time uh and it doesn't show in my professionalism at all but um 
they're doing a show. It's called like I Got Your Five Stars. I think I nailed that. I think I, I think that's what it's called. Um, it's still got a bullshit Eagles logo, which I'm telling you, it's just a bad business move. You know what I mean? Because most people don't like the motherfucking Eagles. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a well-liked team. It's not like people are like, oh, a wrestling show and an Eagles logo. They're going to be like, fuck this shit. So, um, I, I would recommend you put something else up there that people like more, like, like homeless people or some shit like that. Like people like homeless people more than they like the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I think they they cherish the sight of a homeless person sleeping on the ground far more than they do the Philadelphia Eagles as an organization. So um I, I would recommend just something something more pleasant, you know? Like um like a dying child or I mean, there's so many things that people like more than uh um the Philadelphia Eagles organization. So uh, Yo, anything, but check those guys out, yeah, those are two of my friends right there, and they're they're doing a weekly podcast, so check out the Hot Tag Podcast, check out I Got Your Five Stars, and fucking Eagles logo, and um, I think that's about all I got, oh, check out, uh, uh it's not really a plug, no, check it out, but if you want a uh, fuck out of here t-shirt, hit me up. Um, I'm going to bring a few to the King of the Death match, but like, I'm not trying to fucking have a merch table out that motherfucker. So, uh, I, I would really recommend that you just fucking hit me up online, do the fucking PayPal thing. I got to go 21 on these now because I, I did the 20 thing, but I, I had at least one of these sales. I don't know what fucking happened, but, um, unless we could find a way around that and I can make a 20, but, um, I had it where PayPal just took like 80 something cents, like right off the fucking rip. Which is like, yo, know, if I if I charge twenty bucks, including shipping, and PayPal's like, all right, I'll take eighty cents. Like, well, dude, I'm pretty much only charging nineteen then. You know, <clears throat> I mean, sure, you're paying twenty, but like, I'm not getting twenty to even start paying for fucking shipping. So, anyway, uh, twenty one, we'll say, you know, including shipping, and um, like I said, unless we get around that, and uh, that, that's about it. I, I think the shirts are fucking dope. If you want one, get one. If not, fuck out of here. Talk to y'all later. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. I'm tired of rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Black cheese tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. All right. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. 
even when I lie. The Juza Kids Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the back guy. I'm going to tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness. 